Hello and welcome to another podcast from the Institute for Health Promotion and Education. This is Karen Neal, one of the trustees, and I am delighted to be talking to Robin Landsman. Robin has been interviewing colleagues from the IHPE and now it's our turn to get to know Robin himself a little more. So Robin is a trustee um, and an allied health professional as an osteopath. He's had many roles in education, coaching, media appearances, Also, I'll leave it to Robin to tell us a little bit more. Welcome, Robin. Thank you, Karen. Well, no, great, great now to be on the receiving end. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so thank you for interviewing me this time. So could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, well, I've been an osteopath over 30 years, which um, has been clinical. So working in different practices, in GP surgeries, private practice, um, and other health and fitness kind of establishments over the years and um, worked closely with a lot of GPs. Um, and in the beginning of my career, um, we yeah, got very involved with educating, um, nursing, orthopedic groups, all sorts of people actually became part of what I, what I did. Um, and later I've been teaching uh, postgraduate osteopaths, undergraduate osteopaths as well for quite a lot of years, uh, clinical rehabilitation, and then more recently into, into coaching, really, uh, leadership coaching for the Council of Deans of Health and now for COG UK doing some coaching for the uh, Health Education England. So it's kind of moving in all sorts of directions with a few leadership roles sprinkled in the middle as well. I was president of the Institute for a while as well. So, yeah, just just quite a lot of variety, I think. A very, very varied and, and interesting career there. Um, so we're interested to know a little bit more about um, your role in, in health promotion, particularly as a clinician, as, a, as an osteopath, and how does that form part of your work? Well, actually, I would say it forms part, a large part of my work. I mean, the remit that uh, was put together by the General Osteopathic Council when it was formed and statutory regulated was actually one of them was actually education. So educating patients, educating other health professionals was always part of the role um, within within the regulation, if you like, of the profession. Um, but I think as a useful tool, it's an amazing way to connect and help patients understand themselves more, understand how their bodies work more, and also to educate them around what they need to do to change in their lifestyle, really, to improve and move forward. So that could include exercise, dietary changes, and even becoming more mindful and aware of what the triggers are that drive their problems um, that seem quite often to find they find very difficult to understand why perhaps they've occurred uh, and need a lot of support. It sounds like quite um, a holistic approach that's tailored to individuals. Well it's funny you say that the word holistic has now become more popular and, and popular across lots of different professional groups including the medical profession and so I'm actually delighted that's happened. I mean in the early days it was a little seen as alternative using the word holistic and, um, and actually I suppose it's always been true that uh, as an osteopath, we've looked at people with this 360 approach and connected with them to find out what they needed as individuals. So the word holistic to me has always been relevant. Um, and I'm delighted to say these days it's, it's even more so um, and become part of more mainstream thinking, uh, especially in the last couple of years, actually. Yeah, I'd say that. And also a move towards person-centered care, which it sounds that you're very much involved with. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the collaborative approach is always how we've tried to work. And, you know, it's difficult because people come in presenting their problem as they do, having looked all sorts of things up or suffered for quite some time. And, and to try and really um, understand where people are at and what 
where they're at in their timeline, actually, is how we sort of look at it. Where are they in terms of what may have caused things to build up? What was the moment where things really went wrong for them and why? And what else was going on around that that actually eventually then led them to our door to come and actually seek out help? Um, and even then, you know, we've got to decide how ready are they to actually make changes and, and actually move forwards? Um, and that, that's another part of that collaborative finding out, really, and exploration with the patient. So very much a two-way process and working together with the patient and helping them to, to problem solve. Yes, yes. And that's a constant cycle, really, because I don't think it stays the same either, because people even come back to us years later and they think it's the same thing, but actually their body and everything about them has changed over the years. It's not, it's not static. So it's, um, it certainly keeps me very engaged with people. Um, and it's very interesting treating people from different family groups, even because we're in the same family group, because that actually reveals so much about the interconnections and the habits that go on that can create problems. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's uh, interesting work. So even more than just seeing the, the patient as an individual patient, that it's a, a patient with connections to family. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So it really comes across that you've got a, um, a passion for, for health promotion and making mm. a difference. Um, but can you pin down what exactly it is that you love about um, health education and health promotion? Well, I suppose to do it over 30 odd years and to kind of still feel it's very interesting. And, and I think the individual case is so individual every time mm. that it's a new exercise to really find that detail about how the individual is operating thinking being and doing uh, and that 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 part of it i think keeps it fresh all the time so it's 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 all part of the process in getting to understand as a clinician your patient and get the best out of the interaction and the professional time and their investment in that um, to get the best result for them so i think i don't know if that answers the passion question but it certainly is why it's a job that I've done for so long and continue to enjoy doing. I think that, that might answer the question. I hope it does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you've talked a lot about um, health education. Um, how do you see that as different to health promotion? Well, I think health promotion to me is, are the bigger concepts of things that you could do or might do or perhaps even ought to do, perhaps on that level, but um, could be something like, swimming or it could be taking exercise or eating healthily but the specifics of health education are much more about um, the individual so it's delivering those bigger messages and actually applying them to the individual case in their timeline and when they're ready and it fits with their world their life to actually achieve new things out of perhaps some new tools they've been presented with so that would be in my mind health education is, has got a bit of a difference to it and a different spin on the bigger picture stuff, which I think is more about health promotion. Mm. That's interesting. So it's very specific to individual patients. So again, that person-centered yeah. person approach yes. and, and that about it being the right time as well. So it's when, when they're ready to hear that information mm -hmm. and, and make those mm. changes. Well, that's absolutely. And it's also, I mean, it's very much not giving people all the information at the beginning. And mm. it's finding out, as we just said, when the right optimal time is to make those different changes. So it might not be as an osteopath in session one or session two or session three. And it will come out in conversation, really, as yeah. well as to see the changes in their body. And then that's the time to present a different idea. Mm. So that's that's how I work and always have, actually. Yeah. So we're in a, a changing world with more and more use of um, digital apps and, and so on. 
where would you see the, the future of, of health education and, and health promotion in this digital age? Well, I think probably health promotion is well done across the board on a, on a big digital platform level because those messages are out there everywhere um, about health promotion. But specifics of health education, I still think, are very well delivered by individuals and by people collaborating uh, and getting to know their patients or their or their people they look after. And I think that's something that um, I think is very valid to signpost individually. I mean, there are things that work for the broader masses are a good idea, like perhaps generally, you might say, you know, taking exercise is a good thing for the broad, broadly, uh, but it might be in individual cases, it's not so good on certain occasions, or it doesn't fit with people's expectations or needs. So I still think the focusing down uh, away from the digital platforms is still really useful and forming those connections, those relationships and, and, and that rapport, actually, uh, which a human to human can, um, could be empathy at the time that is building to develop that understanding or that openness to a new understanding. Um, I mean, it's true, people are searching online for answers, and I guess they're looking because that's why they're looking, because that's what they need at the time, or they feel they do, but they still could be looking in the wrong direction or misinformed by what's out there. And there's an awful lot out there. Um, mm -hmm. And I know in practice, people print out lists of stuff they've been looking at on Google and um, want to go through it all. But actually, perhaps the other way around is to get to know them first mm -hmm. and then decide what to filter or what to pick out of all those options. So, it's a, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, potentially misleading, overwhelming for people. Mm -hmm. So, again, that, you know, connecting with the, the individual and tailoring to the needs of, of the individual coming across as, as mm, very much so well that's important. I think that's just the nature of the work really and I'm delighted that's as an osteopath that is that's how I've always worked and perhaps that is something of a particular feature of the way osteopaths like like to work with their patients so uh, I'm glad to be part of it <laughs> yeah and that vital human connection that we all know is, is so important mm. so thank you it sounds um incredibly insightful um what you've what you've observed over the years working on, um, as a clinician, um, which must be really helpful for well, I know it's really helpful for your your work in health promotion and, and with the IHPE and what what you bring to that. And I think some of the the important things that will really stick with me here is that human connection and tailoring interventions to the the individual and, and working with them collaboratively. Um, and at a time that's right for them, rather than mm. bombarding them with information, really connecting with the person and offering as, as much as they seem ready to take on board at any particular time. Mm. I think that's a healthy approach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's been really good to talk to you and learn a bit more about what you do, Robin. Thank you. Well, thank you, Karen, very much. It's been great to be interviewed by you. Thank you. <laughs>